Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Uh, got one of our faves on the show today. I just say that a lot, but I mean it this time. <laughs> I do. I do mean well, it this time. thank you. Thank you. Tyler Gray is here. He's in studio. He's in Austin, Texas. D'Anthony D'Anthony Holloway is not with us today. As you guys know, for the last couple weeks, because we're on daily here, uh, have been for a few years at this point, uh, he's sick, and he, he has AIDS along with the rest of the studio. Everybody's out now today. Joel's the last man standing back there. I was sick for a few weeks, and now I'm, I'm better. I feel better. But uh, your flight was late, and I said, you know what? Damn it. The show goes on. I will stay for you. And I appreciate it. I will stay for you. Um, And the reason why is last time we did the show together was in LA. Yep. 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 And no lie, that was like I've done combined on all these shows over 3,000 episodes at this point. And uh, that was one of the most intense, powerful shows I've ever done. Really? Yeah, dude. Do you remember it at all? To be perfectly honest, no. Probably not, I, right? Yeah, I, I don't. It was probably I, three or four years ago. I, I do not remember even what we talked about. Like, I, I remember being there, and I, I remember doing it, but I don't... You were talking about a car crash in L.A., and, like, somebody's car was on fire, and you running towards the car to save their life. Oh. I mean, it was a, it was a wild episode, man. You've lived a crazy car fucking crashing. life, dude. Yeah. Uh, dude, you know what's even crazier is that happened again. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the summer. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Dude. Yeah, freaking! I was driving from uh, uh, was it, uh, yeah, L.A. to Vegas, uh-huh. daytime, and I come up, and then traffic's just stopped. This is after Barstow, yeah, so yeah. like nothing, nothing there, and traffic has just stopped. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? And then I see smoke, and I'm like, and so I go uh, and onto the shoulder, and dude, it's like a straight up fire on the back of this uh, semi, and. I was like, and I could just see that there was, it, it had just kind of started to our, right. we were in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, dude, there's no, there's no services. Like no one's on the scene. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I fucking floored it. And I got up there and, uh, dude, I, the, I don't, I'll show you pictures, but I don't know how, the only way I can figure is that this kid was hauling ass, uh-huh. passing on the right. And then he was, you know, but the truck was going so slow uphill oh. that he just misjudged it, and he slammed his Toyota into the back of this semi, and then it caught fire. And anyways, dude, it was... Is he dead? Uh, no, he was... He was No, he wasn't... Burn Vic? Well, not dead there. Um, no, by the time I got there, somebody had, like, pulled him out of the truck, and then, um, and then we basically, like, had to put a tourniquet on him, yeah. like his kind of his like arm was shredded up and anyways dude it was it was another one of those situations where you're just like one thing that was crazy i've never seen this is the big rig caught fire and we're like sitting there working and you know there's just people standing around it was me uh oh actually there's a really funny 100 percent true ending to this so okay. I'll, I'll tell you the ending but it was me and two guys that were like doing stuff and so I think... What do you mean the, doing stuff? Like work, like actually, you know, we were like 
working on this kid. You okay, because you know, like, usually when you say doing stuff, yeah, it means butt stuff. Yeah, right. well, so they were working yeah, on this. But that this just person. goes goes without saying. So yeah, you know. I just but, I didn't know if it, you were hanging out with two gay guys, and it was like Tyler. I don't judge you because you're not you're not married, right? No, no, no. no. And, and I don't know what yeah. your sexual preference is, and if it's that, it's that. Yeah. If you're hanging out with two gay guys who are sharing a polite butt fuck on a Tuesday afternoon, then you are, and that's fine. It, I mean, it was. It would have been wrong at the time because the guy was on the ground in a lot of pain. Right, um, right. But you could also take that pain and and justify like, oh, he's not going to notice this. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Slide one in. <laughs> but so we were, you know, we were uh, uh, putting a tourniquet on him and all this stuff. And then I moved my truck. And anyways, we're there. And this explosion happens. It's like, boom. And we're like, whoa. And what happened was the the... The big rig, I mean, I've, I've seen tires explode yeah. m- many times. What I haven't seen is, so the fire was on the inside because it, it started from the Toyota and it spread to the trailer. So the inside was like the heat. So what happened was, on a semi, the inner tire exploded and it blew the outer tire. Dude, it launched it like a freaking, like a mortar round. Holy shit. Dude, it sent it across the entire freeway and it ended up hitting this car that was parked and the guy that i was working with was like oh shit that's my car <laughs> and, oh, I was like, shit, and the dude. tire was on fire and anyway so i i was like uh and he's like oh it's my car and it's a rental and then we did some stuff and then i was like dude I want the, and then i took some that's where the pictures came yeah. from because i was like no one's gonna fucking believe you. I'm like, let me take some pictures so yeah. they see. Like, ah, uh, yeah, the sorry, the car was hit by a fucking tire that was on fire from an exploding semi. Dude, no one in a rental car is gonna, a rental agency is gonna believe him. So I took these photos and I'll show them to you. But uh, was he good to go, or did he have to pay for that shit? Oh, I don't know. I I, I just sent him the photos and we didn't talk. I mean, basically, what happened was so we uh, put a tourniquet on the kid. Uh, what else did we do? We had to, we had to stabilize him. Put a brace on him um when the uh fire uh or ambulance i forget who it was finally got there they um you know then hold c-spine where they put him on the board blah blah blah, all that shit once all that stuff was done and the kid was i mean he was pretty fucked up um but once all that stuff was done you know we hand him off to the 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 crew and you know you kind of look at each other and you're like time to get the fuck out of here yeah yeah, i gotta bounce and uh but here's the funny part of the story so we're uh we're going to leave. The one guy takes off forward to the rental car that got hit by the fucking tire. And, uh, and then the other guy who in hindsight was probably military uh-huh. or, or a vet. I, I don't know, but I could just, you know, in the flashes that I remember him and I like get in my truck. Cause I had pulled my truck up to like block, you know, from the, the fire. And, uh, he just looks at me and he goes, I mean, this was right before, like I'm getting in my truck and I look back and he goes, hey, man, are, are you on SEAL team? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's me. And he goes, oh, funny to meet you like this. And I was like, yeah, pretty weird. And then and we took off. But Yeah. Um, you want to hear a weirder story? What's that? That's him right there. Joel. Have you met? <laughs> shit. <laughs> no. no it's, but, the, dude, that shit happened. Like, it, dude, it happens all the time. Like, I, I'm sure, man. I mean, it's it's weird. Like you're on a show like that that's on, uh, you know, CBS, and now it's on Paramount Plus, yeah, yeah. and it's crushing there as well. It's one of those things where you're shocked at how many people 
watch a television show, right, from all aspects of life. And I was telling my buddy about this. We got stopped in a Waffle House. Super hungover. It was like fucking 10 a.m. I was about to catch a flight, and he's just like, ah, let's get some food, and we're hungover, and blah, 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 blah. In a Poe Dick town in fucking Alabama, somebody walks in, hey, dude, are you the guy from that fucking TV show on Fox? And it was like, yeah, dude, yeah. And you, you're always constantly surprised by where it's going to happen and all that other shit. It's very, it's very true. Yeah. yeah. It's so, so random. So yeah. random. Especially, especially, um, uh, outside of this country that's when it really is like that's right because you guys are syndicated around the world now, oh, right? dude, everywhere yeah everywhere in in places that i quite frankly wouldn't expect but um well the beauty is um once you get big in like france which will be in like six years mm-hmm. then you can go and live out your life and have sex with like the hottest most beautiful women ever because they watch you on tv every single night and that's what happens you know that, that, right? that's how much syndication happens in france oh my god so i went over there uh i did a movie with uh kevin Sorbo. Um, that was in uh, it was in Cannes. Hercules. Yeah, Hercules. exactly. Yeah. It was in the the mid. It was a midnight screening over at Cannes. We were over there, just fucking raging, right? So we go to dinner over there, and uh, the waitress, everybody. I mean, he was the most famous person they'd ever seen. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck is going on? And he goes, Oh, you don't understand. He goes, uh, Hercules just got here, and so did what was the other one, Andromeda. And he goes, uh, so they were airing back to back and both of them lasted like eight or nine seasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like to them, he was the most famous person ever. And I was like, ah, shit, is that how it works? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes to syndication, but it's like a few years later. And he goes, go back to these countries. And I was like, I'm not on a fucking TV show. So like that, that ain't happening, friend. Uh, but you are, Tyler. And if you want to really live out your shit, I, go to France in a couple years. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm good now. I'm good. You dating anybody? Yep. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. got a lady? I do. Proud I do. of you. Yeah. Proud I'm, of you, Tom. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. I'm proud of myself. How does she put up with these hours? Um, does she work with you? No, no, no. Okay. Um, no, dude, she's just a freak of nature. And, and I mean that in the best way possible. Just Is she freak. in the industry or no? Nope. Oh, that's nope. great. She's even better. She does fitness stuff and she has nothing to do with, uh, entertainment at all. But, um, yeah, the reason I asked, by the way, so I watch SEAL Team, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and I always stay for the credits to see, all right, cool, if I know anybody works with anybody, all this other shit. Well, the weird thing about SEAL Team now is your name is on almost every single credit. So I've seen directed by, produced, um, tech, all, I mean, starring, like, all the things that you could possibly get besides a first AD credit on there. <laughs> that, uh, um, I, and I actually had the first AD myself one time uh, when I was directing because the first AD went down for... COVID or no, it wasn't COVID, something else. And so I had to first AD like, I don't know, for like four or five hours, uh, which actually wasn't that bad because when you're directing already, it's like, yeah, you're there. You're yeah. Well, set. you're just like, you just yell what you want. And they're to all do. your homies. And yeah. It's just so, like, all right, cool. Yeah, wasn't too bad. But I know those hours and the yeah. hours when you're directing and producing on top of just starring and shit are fucking brutal because not only do you have your normal 12 hour day, right? But then production meetings afterwards director meetings afterwards blocking all the other shits uh location shit for the next day scouting everything else and it's endless um now it's financially uh amazing right because you get that extra money for directing and and all the other credits you get paid for as well however you probably don't have a life for what 15 16 weeks out of the year 
Uh, so when how long does Steel Team shoot? Uh, when we're doing twenty-two episode seasons, it was like well, nine. that's nine, right? It's eight, nine months. Yeah, that was in about nine months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that was just. I mean, it was too much. You don't see the light of day. I don't know how Boreanaz does it, man. That motherfucker's I, been on TV for 30 years. I, 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 I don't know either. I've worked with him for six seasons. I don't know how he does it. You know, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, season six. So when I came back for season six, dude, I was just like, I'm like, I'm just going to be on camera. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I cannot. Do I, season five, season four or five, dude, I was, I was done. Like it, it. It burnt me out hard, you know, and yeah. like the 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 coup de gras, you know, the finishing move was um, I was season five. I was directing an episode, and and you know how that is. Yeah, so yeah. directed the episode, and then it finished. I can't remember exactly, but like on a Friday, and then on that Monday, I had to be on camera. So I had to be up at like you know uh, base camp whatever five a.m. Um, was on camera for 12 hours. Then I'm editing at night mm-hmm. or, you know, sending, I'm notes. not editing, but I'm sending editing sending notes. notes. Yeah. And then somebody came up to me on like Tuesday and was like, uh, hey, and I'm on camera. And they're like, hey, so what's your plan for tomorrow? And I'm like, uh, uh, what plan? You know, they're like, you're directing second unit. And I'm like, what? Oh, shit. Like, yeah, you're doing the second unit stuff. I'm like, I didn't even know. And I like, you know, I think they called me later that day and told me and I'm like, so then I was directing second unit while also editing my actual directing. Oh, God. And, dude, I remember going... Did uh, you sleep at all? Dude, no. Yeah. I, I remember uh, we did an episode. I can't even tell you which one it was, but we we're on a train. And, dude, I was a zombie. Like, I was asleep. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I fell asleep in a scene but I'm in the back. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> and, uh, they can't sell back. Then. Oh dude. And everyone was just like, you know, the guy who was directing that episode was like, bro, like you're dead. And I, I was, man, after that season, I was like, I, 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 I can't do that anymore. It's just, uh, um, you know, you love the work, but it, it, at a certain point you have to be realistic about what you're actually capable, uh, you know, what, what you're capable of doing and doing, uh, capable of doing, incapable of sustaining. Sure, you know, and isn't that weird having this conversation about Hollywood when you were overseas, blowing up people for years and years and years, and getting blown up yourself, and then you're like, "Holy shit, I can't direct one more episode of this goddamn show." <laughs> no, it's it. I mean, it's it's all relative, though. You know, I mean, first of all. The, you know, one major difference is the difference between, you know, being in my 20s and being in my 40s. But, um, I, you know, you know, it's, dude, it's a lot of work. And, you know, I try and tell people all the time, like, there's a lot of similarities between a deployment and, like, filming something. And that's what Tom Brady said. You know, Tom Brady said. <laughs> uh, Tom- <laughs> he did. He goes, look, man, playing football is like being deployed. You know, I need to be out oh, there with shit, my that's men. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And he took a lot of shit for yeah. that. Yeah, but 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 I mean, I I understand what his comparison was. You right. know what I mean? It's like you know, he's he's comparing just like uh, uh, you know, the out because I, I say it to people all the time. Like, dude, it's it's production is you know, there's not the life risk, um, but far as as you know, like especially a movie. As, as you yeah. know, obviously, like, because you're all in that wherever it is. Like when I was in Saudi Arabia in 
was actually a year ago, actually, but it was in Saudi Arabia filming and, you know, you all live together, you work together, you know, the day's over oh, yeah. with, you all hang out together. It's a very incestuous uh, uh, environment. And, um, but yeah, man, I mean, dude, I, dude, we did days out there, you know, 16, 17, 18 hour days, um, not including travel uh, and just, dude, it's, it's rough, you know? Yeah. And then this season you guys were in Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four, we did four weeks in Jordan. Yeah. Was that your first time back in the Middle East since you had left the military? Um, great question. Uh, no, it was actually that was uh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, so, no shit. Yeah, Saudi Arabia was the first time. Uh, it was literally a year ago around this time. I was there for like three months. But um, And then so Jordan was the, you know, the second time. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Man, I, and, I'll, and I'll be very... Uh, uh, very candid, you know, when I, when I went to Saudi Arabia, before I went, had someone said to me, you know, do you think you're going to have any issues being there or whatever? I would have laughed and been like, no, like, I, you know, no, it's stupid. Dude, when I was in Saudi Arabia, I gotta say there was, there was, there was times in like the first couple weeks, like specifically, I'll, I'll use one specific example. We went to uh, when I first got there. the the uh, The stunt guys who were Bulgarian were like, you know, hey, we're going scuba diving in the Red Sea. You want to go? And I was like, sure. Um, I was so jet lagged, but so I jumped on this trip. We go to this place called, I believe, Yinbo was what it was called. And I mean, I had just gotten there. We drive to Yinbo, and it's a you know, well. It's a beach town. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have the same that wording. It's a little bit different in Saudi Arabia. But I remember going through. It was like a market, but it was like a market in kind of like a tunnel. Like it felt like a cave. It looked like a cave. And we're going through it, and there's almost every store, every shop, and there are these just little shops, and every single one of them was uh, ran or you know had a woman in a burqa. And I'm walking through and dude, it, I felt constricted, you know, because it was like this tunnel and sometimes it got like tighter and, you know, there was always women in burkas and it, it definitely, it definitely made me like, I started feeling like very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and like, again, I don't want to, I hate the term like flashback, but I, I definitely had like a little bit of panic in my head of like, like anxiety. Basically I was like, I got to get out of here, you know? And, um, and then, you know, a couple minutes later we're out and it's like, you know, big open area, you know, with uh, restaurants on the water and stuff. And, and I, man, I, uh, honestly, I was surprised. I, I was like, I did not expect that to happen. Um, when you come out of something like that, like a tunnel like that, are you a guy, is, is a guy like you always looking around at like, all right, who might be on a rooftop? Who's at a fucking exit? Who's at a thing? No, I mean, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm able to, uh, I, I, I've never really had that, that. And I, that doesn't really happen to me, which is why I didn't expect it to happen going over there. You know, I, I didn't expect anything to, you know, kind of bring back, you know, memories of, of just, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but that's like, even like the call to prayer, you know, it can uh-huh. kind of bring back a vibe of like, um, 
I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. No, I, I I understand it because I'm sure you're hearing it, right? Oh, and yeah, it's yeah, off yeah. in the in the distance. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it just it just kind of yeah. puts you in kind of that state of mind then when mm-hmm. you know there was a lot of you know a lot more risk and so anyways i i you know i came out and i was like man that was that was odd i i'm surprised that happened to me and uh and then for about a week ish um you know there was there was like driving through like uh when we went to we're in a place called awula which is like the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. um it was very similar to iraq like very similar um well at least to baghdad and again it was just like uh, there was just an, a a weird feeling, you know. But after about two weeks, uh-huh. dude, I would go to, uh, I'd go to the, you know, I'd go to the, um, I can't remember, it was like downtown, you know, it was old town there. But when, there, when you say old town, it's like from like, you know. <laughs> 2,000 years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, 2,000 yeah. years ago. But, and and, you know, walk around. And I mean, weirdly, after, you know, being there for like a month i mean i felt like i felt like i i lived there yeah you know what i mean and it was totally everyone everyone's very nice like all this i did not okay that's actually not true everyone in saudi was extremely nice except for if they were like over about the age of 50 yeah you could kind of tell that they didn't like you but anyone younger than that was just like Hey, yo, you know, very cool. And uh, um, it was a very interesting experience. But yeah, for being in the Middle East, the first time since, um, you know, being in the military, it was, uh, I'm very glad that I did it just because it kind of, it changed, it dramatically changed my perspective of, um, of the Middle East. I mean, not that I thought differently about it, but it sure. just like, I was able to, I was able to enjoy the things about the place and the culture that you're just not able to when you're, you know, there in a military setting. You know what I mean? And, say, and same thing with Jordan. Jordan was awesome, you know? Yeah, because I mean, Justin Melnick was here. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's one of our partners in, in Hard AF Seltzer, and uh, he loved Jordan so much. I think he booked a trip for him he, and his wife to go, like, back to immediately and i was like holy shit yeah he did he did i mean saudi i'll say this about saudi like i have never in my entire life seen a place change so fast ever it's unbelievable like all the stuff you hear you know yeah building all that stuff dude it's gotta remember too it's a kingdom well so let let me ask you about that because that's been a, a topic of debate on this show for uh probably the last six eight months right mm-hmm. it started with live golf um, I don't know how much you know about it. Uh, Live Golf is taking on the PGA tournament here. Uh-huh. Uh, and so it's all Saudi-backed. It's all Saudi money. They're mm. trying to buy up all of the players. Phil Mickelson, all those guys signed. Uh, Phil Mickelson signed for $250 million. I mean, massive, massive amounts of money, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Trump is building golf courses for Live over in Saudi Arabia, over here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the tournaments will be played here. Mm -hmm. And everybody, Dan in particular, is not here today uh, (laughs) because he rails on this all the time. Is like, fuck the Saudis, fuck their government. They were the ones who funded 9-11. We can't do anything with Saudi Arabia anymore. Since it has changed so dramatically over there, uh, does it seem like... It's a new time, a new people, a new land versus when you were over there fighting and everything else. 
and and what are your feelings now that people are getting involved a lot more with saudi funded projects i mean that's a good question um i mean i can i'll give you my perspective from what i saw you know firsthand you know i think it was there about three months um also we were there was we were the first movie well there's two that filmed at the same time but ours and another one were like the first big movies filmed there ever what was the name of the movie uh the one i was on was kandahar the other one that filmed was uh, uh desert warrior with anthony mackie so yeah. both of those filmed pretty much at the same time so um we're actually at the same time but um and they're supposed to film earlier but covid but so i'll tell you what i saw i mean i'll tell you this it was not at all what i expected like my expectations of Saudi Arabia versus, you know, what I saw when I got there, very different, very different. Same thing with the people, very different. Um, and I, I mean, I dealt with a, a lot of Saudis, you know, I, I trained, I don't know, a hundred guys to be like background, you know, doing the fighting and stuff. Um, we had to deal with the Saudi military, you know, so, it was, you know, dealt with a lot of them. And, uh, and then far as like the crown prince, you know, Obviously, I didn't meet him, but you know, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy about killing his cousin or Khashoggi, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and, the journalist. Uh, was it? I thought it was like where he was related to him or something. Uh, I'm not sure. I know that uh, Khashoggi was a journalist who wrote negative things about yeah. the, the the prince and the or the family, the royal family, whatever it is. I've never been, so forgive me. But um, uh, and so next time he was back, you know, they obviously. Uh, Chopped him up pretty good there, and uh, and got rid of the body, and then the audio came out later because um, they had video of of the guys coming in, coming yeah, out, yeah, yeah, but not blah, blah, leaving blah. or something, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again, I'll I'll tell you what, uh, two things. One for me, hearing the American government talk about you know someone being a piece of shit because they killed someone, it's like. <laughs> like really yeah, like yeah. really you're gonna you're gonna cash that <laughs> cast that judgment you don't you know sure you, you guys don't do any of that huh hmm, yeah okay. all right yeah, yeah. so uh on that note again hey uh i'll say this far as the change i saw there yeah it's in my view it's it's night and day i i don't think you could i don't think it's disputable that it's, and I don't think you could make an argument that it's not positive. I, I just, I sing it firsthand. I, I don't, I don't think you could make that argument. I mean, from Saudis, like the stuff that you know, they have movie theaters now. They didn't have movie theaters, you know, like were they showing American movies there? Yeah, no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, like even even when I first got there, the Uber driver, well, what Uber? I, I forget the driver I had though. He was showing me this was in Jeddah when I first got there, and. You know, he was just like, because I was like, oh, what do you think? And he's like, you know, they're building stuff. They're creating jobs. People can make money. You know, everyone's, I mean, there there are people that are not happy about the change, but I would say that's kind of the old guard, the older people of like, ah, you know, you know, it's changing too fast, which to a degree is fair because it is changing. At a, I mean, I, the change I saw in three months mm -hmm. is crazy, but that's also because it's a kingdom. Yeah. There's no committee. He says, do this, and it happens right. at a breakneck speed. Like, there is no debate. So, um, well, that's, and that's what I was going to ask you about after being in Iraq. If that was their government over there, and you guys had gone and they were like, great, uh, do you think that country would have changed then? Uh, Iraq? Yeah. 
I, my take on Iraq was that I think that Saddam suppressed by, by what he did, he just suppressed so much, um, you know, here there's, there's a lot of things that like, you know, you would, there's, there's a certain level of what people will stand for, Mm -hmm. you know, they're like, okay, no, this is enough. Or at least I thought that prior to COVID. Um, yeah, right. (laughs) But you know, there it's like, you see that people are just so stripped of kind of, or at that time, you know, the, the, the people that were really alive under, or really adults, I should say, under Saddam just couldn't, you know, it's just like, they just tried to, um, you know, anytime they tried to do anything, they would just get hammered so hard. So it was just kind of like, I'm just going to live my life and not, you know, try and change anything, I guess, for the, for uh, it to be easy. I, I think Iraq will change when the kids that were not under Saddam get older and they don't have that suppression that, you know, that, that suppressed just human drive that, that he forced into everyone else. Um, and I think you'll see that country change on its own organically when those people get into char in power and in charge. So, um, at least I hope so uh, yeah. for, for them. Another you know. 50 years. Uh, <laughs> uh, nah, probably less at this point, probably you know, another 10 or 20, uh, okay. I'm assuming, but, but Saudi, you know, again, I, I, I do the amount of building there. It's, it's crazy. I mean, um, the Saudis themselves, almost every one of them said to me in one way or another, like, you know, we're very different than everyone thinks we are. Yeah, because right now, I mean, shit. And, and they were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, look, right, the, yeah. The, the press here is, is you know, 99% negative. I, I've never been there, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't even know anybody from there. So, like, for me, I, I have no no idea. I know about the Khashoggi thing, and that's about it. Obviously, 9-11. But that's it for me. Um, a lot of people make assumptions or decisions on their own without having gone to the actual places they're talking about or meeting the actual yeah, people. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, Hey man, I, I don't have a read on it one way or another. I've never been there. I don't know the people there. I'll say this. And this has been true. I mean, I've been a lot of places and this has been true everywhere I've ever been, which is anywhere you go. 99% of the people there are good people who want to live good lives take care of themselves, their family, their friends, and they're generally good people. Right. That's, I don't care what country in the world. Including America. Exactly. Yeah. 1% of every place, including America, is just shitheads who want to fuck up everything for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it, and that's, and, and again, part of that 1% is the people in power in every single country. Yeah. You know, um, that's how they get there because they're those shitheads. But, um, and I don't think that place is any different, but because the people I came into contact with, you know, like the normal people, yeah, all good, all good people, and uh, very. Uh, um, I will say one thing. Yeah. Driving there is the craziest shit I've ever seen. Well, that's not really shocking, right? I mean, crazy. Because <laughs> that lives up to the stereotype, dude. They don't give a <laughs> fuck. A fuck. Like, dude, I... <laughs> so, Middle Eastern drivers, because we have that over here. So, yeah. But here's the thing. Here's it lives the thing. up to the stereotype. Here's the thing. So, when I was in Jordan, because I had said this to people before we went to Jordan. We're uh-huh. in Jordan driving, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, was it like this in Saudi Arabia? And I'm like, Pfft. I'm like, this is nothing. Like, this is... 
this is this is driving this daisy i'm like you can't fathom this shit so first of all saudi there's no there's no driver's licenses really dude you'd see like you just a, hop in a car dude, and you're good you'd to see, go you'd get i got passed up by a 12 year old smoking cigarettes in a mercedes oh yeah and this kid could barely see over the steering wheel. He was probably going 120 miles an hour. That's great. Like, oh, dude. I'll, again, I'll show you some pictures because I yeah. almost got killed in in a car there, um, <laughs> which is a whole other story. But uh, Yeah, I got a crazy one about France. I got I almost got killed in France in a car. Oh, dude. Shit was wild. Yeah, it's it's just, uh, yeah, it's 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 bananas. But um, yeah, no, it was a good experience. Jordan was, I mean, Jordan's awesome. Like, It was a Middle Eastern driver, by the way, taxi driver. Oh shit! Yeah, I actually, so. actually, uh, I got into a wreck in New York City. Middle Eastern driver, oh yeah, who had a heart attack. Oh shit! And that's uh, why actually, I got into no, the wreck. No, 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 sorry. He he initiated the accident. I wasn't. We got hit from behind. Um, he was the cab driver. Had a freaking heart attack. I think died probably then, and basically didn't break and ran into everyone going like eighty. Holy yeah, fucking was, shit! Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, Did you stop blowing him at that point? Or fuck no, fuck no. I'm not a quitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to let him Absolutely. Finish. And I understand that. Yeah, of course you do. Um, the craziest part for me is uh, last time you were on the show, uh, you were kind of just starting seal team and all that stuff right it was it was new yeah, that sounds yeah I, th- I think it was like season one if yeah, I'm yeah yeah mistaken yeah. yeah yeah it was new and everything else uh the oddest part to me looking back at it now because i was thinking about you on the way over here today i was like fuck man he served in the military for all these years right um and then you get out and essentially you go right back in to playing somebody in the military every single day for nine months out of the year essentially when you guys were doing 22 episodes and that was probably longer than you deployed or very close to it It, it's it's strange it's very strange yeah is every day though like strange or or are you still like all right i'm just an actor this is fun or is there days where you're like fuck man i don't feel like i left because you guys, the way you guys shoot that is very realistic. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a, a crazy, you know, the style in which we do it is is kind of manic. But I, no, I mean, it's it doesn't. It's strange because it it doesn't. It feels like maybe like training a little bit. Okay, you know, you know, but. But the thing, the nature of, you know, you know how scenes are done. Like, it's yeah. so cut up, you know, very rarely. The only time that I really... But you got to wear the outfit all day. Because you're not taking that off, no, uh, you know, because you yeah. got to piss and all the other stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. putting it back on's a bitch and then whatever makeup you had and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, So you got to do all that shit. So you probably leave it on all day and you're probably yeah. eating in it all day. Uh, yeah. If you're going to sleep, you're probably sleeping in your trailer like you did in the military where it's just like, all right, you're not taking your boots off. So I can I can honestly say I can honestly say that um, this season season six uh-huh. was the first season that I ever spent more than probably forty five minutes in my trailer at lunch. Oh really? Ever? Yeah. Because I mean, when I was doing all you know all the things at once, yep. I'd just get the food and then I'd have to go you know fig- you know figure out what we were doing next or whatever but yeah this is the first time i ever actually spent you know like an hour you know just able to rest take an actual break but yeah look wearing the kit 
I'm beyond over that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> dude, like being in full kit, helmet, and all that shit, I'm just like, oh, dude, I'm too old for this shit. Especially when like we're doing something and, you know, you got like a full kit on and then they throw on a backpack with you. Even no weight in it, you yeah. know, you're, you're, or not no weight, but some, but infinitely less than, you know, I had in the military. But, dude, you just, it just wears on you over time, you know, doing it every day for 12 hours for 10 months. You're just like, fuck man you know i'm like over the shit something as dumb as like you know you're carrying a 416 you know and then you know in so many episodes then one episode we're doing something you get like an mp7 you're like oh this is so nice <laughs> it's so light it's like a toy you know um i mean you know it's it's like i tell everyone you're you you adjust to um you adjust to what's normal at that time yeah you know it's like if you carry 50 pounds you know for years you know, then you carry, you know, 20 pounds, then, okay, the 20 pounds is going to be light at first, but then after five years, the 20 pounds is going to feel the same as the 50 because yeah. that's now the same. Now, that's what now you're that's, used to. That's now normal, you yeah. know? So it's all relative, um, but it definitely, I, you know, it's fun because I get to, I, I get to, it's like a, how would I say this? It's like a, um, it's like therapy, you know, because I don't do the job anymore, but I kind of feel like I play soldier. Yeah. I mean, I do, but, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, so it's, it's, it's cathartic really. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and I've always wondered too, like when you get to this many seasons, because it, it is so rare, I don't think people understand. Like, yeah, it's pretty you, unusual. You, you know, you watch like The Office or Friends or whatever or Seinfeld and you're like, oh man, everybody goes yeah. all these seasons. Different no, time. Yeah, uh, different time. But not, even then, it's even still then it was tough rare. to true. go yeah. past five, right? I mean, it, yeah, it's, five, yeah, yeah. it is incredibly difficult. I mean, even a pilot to get picked oh, up. Uh, dude, you know, I've, yeah. I've had many of those failed and yeah. I've never made it to series, right? There's so many of those. Um, but with that, do you still get excited year after year where you're just like, is it, it's, is it still like school where you're excited to go? You're excited for the new scripts, the new stories, whatever your character's going through after all these years? Or do you feel like you're in the machine now where it's just uh all right i know my character i know everything else i know what's going to happen or have there been enough curveballs in writing where you're like ah shit this script is way different than i thought it was gonna be today um i i think i, I think it depends you know i think um early on the 22 episode seasons were definitely just like i mean it's just it's just a, a meat grinder you know um like last season season and then again season five i'll say it differently last season season six i was excited because i was doing less and i could just focus on one thing yeah and i was i was excited because i knew i wasn't going to be burned out yeah. before that i was just trying to keep my head above water um you know if there is a season seven which we don't know but you still have ratings are great we, we you still have conversations on what it would be because if they say yes then you go budget wise and everything else yeah, yeah well you, you know like like okay theoretically if they say yes what is it going to be about you know uh -huh. you got to start having those and 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 you know we've talked um and I'm definitely excited, you know, we were able to do more story 
or not more story. We're able to do things a little bit differently from network TV has a lot of restrictions with, obviously, you know, I don't think people understand how many. Oh, bro, it's it's very, very restricted. Um, And then when we went to Paramount Plus, uh, you know, I mean, we could cuss uh, as an example, I mean, which no one in the military does, but you know, we, <laughs> obviously, um, but, but, but you can swear, uh, there's no time restrictions on an episode. So if it, you know, it, well, so interesting, interesting story is actually the time restrictions stayed the same. Why? Uh, I have a theory. I don't know. No one's ever officially said, but I think it's because to sell syndication, uh-huh. you have to keep them the same because oh, it as they started, were on, on CBS. That's my theory. I don't know for sure, but that makes... That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, because then you can sell... The, the longer, the, the more seasons the and bigger, the bulk of the episode... The bigger the syndication package. Correct, so yeah. If, if you... And then, you know, if you have an hour episode, then it's going to mess up the, the, the syndication, you know, time slot. So they have to keep it the same. So we're restricted to the same time. You know, we got some sponsors we got to talk about who put this show on the air. First and foremost, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. It's Christmas time. And if you're like me and you're trying to get a big ticket item to share with your loved one. While you spend all your money on the kids, a mattress is a great thing to get for Christmas. Highly recommend the adjustable base. And right now, you can get both of them for 40% off at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. The adjustable base, when you have it, you'll never go back. I can promise you that. I've had it for three plus years at this point. Super sleek remote. They've also got a split king option available. If uh, you want to go to sleep and your loved one stays up or vice versa, and that comes with two remotes, and you can control your own nighttime destiny. Now, if you're out there and you're saying to yourself, Ross, I've already got one. Can I just get a mattress? Yes, you can. You can get 30% off. Right now with the promo code Drinking Bros at checkout. And with that mattress, you can get two free luxury pillows right now. And the pillows are just as good as the goddamn mattress itself. 30% off and two free pillows. Now, you can load up your cart and get a weighted blankets or the sheets or the cover. Anything your heart desires in the old ghost bed store. You can fill that cart right up to the top. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros at checkout and get 30% off everything in the entire store. And then when you check out, you'll see a 60-month pay-as-you-go program. No interest as long as you have decent credit there. And when you check that box, all the deals that I mentioned are applicable with that. And you can walk out of there with a brand-new bedroom set for about 25 bucks a month. Head on over to ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros today just in time for Christmas. That Would makes you- sense. It's just a new, it's such a new time now. We're oh, like, yeah. dude, I, when I got out, essentially, um, there was no streaming. Like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, when I got out, ironically, was streaming essentially killed everything because d- you didn't have DVDs and I was just doing movies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it killed DVDs and all that other stuff. And uh, you didn't have the streaming shit. But the, the noticing the change from your show from CBS to paramount plus and i I hope this isn't like offensive it's better i I think it allows you to tell a better story swearing in the military happens all the fucking time and it's just like dude that like i already thought it was good and then it just became even better because you were able to do more things on paramount plus no absolutely and and again it's it's just you're 
there's a format that it has to be on network TV and, and, you know, just being able to, to go a little bit more for lack of a better term, bold, you know, it's very restricted on, on, on network TV and just being able, and again, not, and I don't mean that by just saying cuss words. That's that's not the difference. It's, it's just set up for families, man, and that's yeah. not a bad thing either. Yeah. We're great. I've got kids, and you know, if something pops on in the background, I don't have to sit there and wonder, you know, what it is, or if a show runs long and goes into the next one or whatever. Like, I understand why they do it. Yeah, it's not the most exciting as a creator or a writer no, no, or def- or a director not, yeah. or an entertainer, especially when you're getting all those fucking notes and all that other shit. Uh, but being on Paramount Plus, you know, the stories can be more creative. You yeah. can swear, and uh, and it's gotten better, in my opinion. I, I think last season, I was very happy with last season. I thought last season we were able to do, uh, you know, it just, they they really kind of changed, I don't want to say the format. Uh, well, actually, they did change the format a little bit, um, which was actually, I mean, I can say what it was, but, you know, the, the format in in the CBS time was kind of like we're at home mm-hmm. and then we go do a mission and we come home and that eats up a lot of time, story time because you have to, to start at home, then to go do the mission, then to come back. It, it really limits how, what kind of missions and what kind of action you can do. Cause sure. you only have, I mean, 44 minutes as yeah. you know, is nothing. And that's including credits. Uh, yeah, I mean that's dude. Well, and a recap, yeah. which I my first my first edit, dude. My first edit of my first show I episode I directed was nine minutes over. Oh boy, nine minutes over, dude. I was who like, was the first phone call that that told you, uh, hey bro, tighten that up. Uh, I well, no one's phone call. I knew when the editor said so. The, <laughs> the assembly cuts nine minutes, and you know, well, in my defense, I was like, well, you wrote it. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm like yeah. I just filmed it like nine minutes over because you wrote it's your fucking problem. That's yeah. how long you wrote it. It's too you know? many pages, bro. Yeah, it's too many pages. That's on you. Um, uh, of note, which I did say, by the way, uh, you know, before I shot it, and I'm like, there's too many pages. Yeah. Um, but I was a first time director, so they're like, fuck you. Yep. And I'm like, fair enough. Um, but, you know, uh, do, I, do I think the show would be a thousand times better if we just had three more minutes? Yes. Yeah. Like, dude, both the the second and third episode I directed, my director's cut was about about two and a half minutes over. Um, and God, it was so much. Like, I I wish we could have kept those two and a half minutes of story. Then I just turn it in because I don't want to kill my baby. So I just go, all right, you guys make the decision yeah, on the take, two take and a half minutes. T- I, I don't want to see it. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't want to see it go. You know. <laughs> and then of course, like people are like, oh, do you watch it when it airs on TV? I'm like, nope, nope. No, especially nope. when you direct it. Especially when you direct like, it, no. hell no, because no. you just it just makes you angry at all the stuff that, that you miss. You miss, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, actually, somebody forced me to watch an episode one time, and uh, actually, it might have been my new girlfriend, and and I hadn't seen it, and I was like, you know, it's just it's always weird to to watch. I mean, I I don't watch all of them, you know. I mean, we've done 104 episodes, you know, it's, when you're filming, so it's like they air continuously. Um, I mean, dude, it's like one long, it's just, it's like when people, you know, can pick out the episodes and like, to me, dude, it all blends together. It's, sure. like, a, it's like a blur now, but, um, but it's, it's just so long and it's in a row and everything else. And you're like, all right, great. You're rifling through pages and there's all kinds of 
new pages and different colored pages. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, dude yeah, I can't. Yeah. Season what are, we, one. are we doing the salmon pages today? That's like, because you've been past all the colors. Uh, and you're yeah. on to salmon, and you're just like, all right, great. It's funny. People probably think you're joking, but salmon is actually a... Uh, you know the one that I was disappointed, and I actually threw this out, <laughs> I think season one, and I'm like... And again, I think this is very funny and creative, but of course I think that because I think I'm hilarious. But I was like, I was like, you know, after I forget what the last revision. Oh, it's it's when you go into the second white. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, second white's dumb. Yeah. I'm like, I don't. We shouldn't do second white. What you like, want? And 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 I don't know. Uh, our production uses the color of paper of the of the um of of the. Uh, of of the change yeah so if it's yellow pages it's actually yellow that's sure. what most people yeah. do yeah. so i was like plaid i like it and they Be- said they shot that down huh Be- because then we've got the line of fuck we've gone plaid oh yeah baseballs yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i was all i was like very proud of myself and they didn't get it and it no. didn't happen um, <laughs> and they do make plaid paper i was like fucking there's no braider guys come on oh they 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 make all the paper yeah they make all the papers all the things if you want it you can if you can you can have it if you want exactly um, order anything but yeah, yeah it's uh, super insider but uh yeah they whenever you get those those notes and changes it comes in different colors every single time hour whatever the fuck it is and you're just like all right great what is this and i go oh, you don't have the right color and i was like all right great do you do you have that right color paper great We'll do that. Uh, well, now, now, by the way, like most, like directing, like I have an iPad and it, uh, scriptation, the program automatically updates the, dude, it's so much easier. All of it's, it's like, getting easier. I, so with the, with the change in technology and all this shit, like all of it is getting easier to create. Like I'm in the middle of uh, a new book right now and just the updates on like Microsoft Word and everything yeah, yeah, else, yeah. like, I can spell like a fucking moron now and mm-hmm. it will just correct it for me. Yeah. Um, same with your phone where you're just like, all right, great. I've become so much dumber because of technology all the way around that I'll misspell things uh, more than I used to because it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I would have to think about a draft of something or whatever yeah. I was sending to someone or a text or an email because you know i'm a writer and it was like if i misspell something they're like the first thing that comes yeah. back is i thought yeah. you were a writer yeah obviously this person doesn't know what you're they're a doing. real fucking dummy and it's like all right great all of it auto corrects for you yep. you can have a dictionary at handy so if, if it's the wrong word it's like oh great did you mean these five other options and obviously like, i did sure did yeah you're the dumb one not me uh maps if i don't turn on the fucking map on my phone dude i don't know where i'm going anymore and like that was never the case yeah yeah yeah. before this goddamn thing shit it was all like a thomas guide or whatever and like i'd have to map out or go to map quest print it out and do all the shit when well, before that you just knew where to go i felt like where, where do i turn Magellan. boom 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 you, yeah like maybe three three words of like you know right this yep. road left this road. that was it yeah you know? And now, it's like, crazy. I got in a, because Austin, you just came through the fuck all of the traffic and everything yeah, that's going yeah, on yeah, here. It's brutal. It's gotten crazy here, right? Yeah, uh, construction, obviously, is Bro. just killing it. So, trying to get around here, uh, phone didn't work the other day. It was Ooh. out. There was a cell tower out, and they had said, hey, you don't have the thing. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, I don't know where I'm at, dude. What am I going to do? And so, I knew kind of, like, cross streets. I get home, and it took me about an hour and 10 minutes 
which from where I was going is maybe a 20-minute drive. Yeah. I, I got turned around a million times. Showed up. My wife is like, where the fuck were you? And I was like, you're not going to believe it. There was a cell tower out, and I didn't have my map or whatever. And she was like, you've lived here for like two and a half years now at this point. You don't know where the fuck. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going unless the goddamn map is on. Like, that's it. And I've become a moron because of technology. So as helpful as it is in certain aspects of life, we're dumber people. Like you, I'm looking at you now. You're dumb, dude. Oh, so dumb. Your I mean, face like, is dumb. Like, like all of it. And it's worse than dumb. Right. But yeah. And I'm the same way. And it's because of technology that we're all fucking dumb. However, you can do all this cool shit. I, I, so, so funny. Uh, so my buddy who's still in the military, and I mean, he, he's been in for like 25 fucking years now. Um, but he was telling me, you know, about, He's like, dude, the problem with, you know, we're those people now that's like, you know, the problem with the new generation, you know, but he was saying, he's like, dude, like these, these new guys coming in, he goes like, they don't know how to do it without the technology. Yeah. You know, something like, again, navigation, obviously being pretty freaking important in the military, you know, it's like, yeah, they, you know, they can navigate using the GPS or the system in the vehicle or whatever, but it's like. If that fails, they have no backup. They don't even understand just straight map and compass, you know, normal navigation. Um, Do and they not it, teach anymore? Well, he was saying it's like it's 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 less that they don't teach it, and it's more like even if you taught it, it's just not practiced enough for people now to be good at it. Okay, be, I, I remember, dude. I remember we had when I was in the military, we had a what was called the plugger. Which I had one of those in college. <laughs> My roommate. I, I can yeah, imagine. No, yeah. It was the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, I swear to you, it was it was uh, dude, it was as big as one of those jars. Really? Not exaggerating. The the battery was bigger. The battery was about as long as your iPhone. A little bit, you know, about an inch or inch and a half more narrow. Okay, but it was huge. And that thing, dude, you turn it on, and it would take ten minutes to give you like a six digit grid. You know, we we just it, it sucked. Like I carried one and we never used it. So you had to constantly navigate by map and compass, you know? Um, and, you know, now it's like, because the things work so good, like they just never have to practically, you know, train with or, or, or use the other. So they teach it, but then they forget it. Like it's like learning a language and then you never use it again. You just, you forget it. Sure. Um, and, and I thought that was interesting, but he was talking about way more than that about, I mean, technology now is in every aspect of even, you know, you look at, you know, you're in infantry and it's like, dude, I mean, the amount of batteries I carried, you know, towards the end, it's like everything's, you know, has some form of like thermal scope and fucking night vision and all this shit. It's all, all electronics, you know, radios and yeah. all, fucking all this shit. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, it's crazy how much technology that, you know, your average, uh, infantry, uh, soldier is using nowadays. It's, it's you know, fucking solar panels and it's just crazy. And would it's you only want to, would go- you want to do it now versus when you went in? That's a good question. Um, I typically ask that um, because that's, that's everybody, it's, it's 50-50, right? Because uh, most people after they're out now look back at, especially what happened with, with uh, the pullout in Afghanistan. And they're like, man, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? 
And they were like, no, I wouldn't want to do it. A lot of people say, no, I wouldn't want to do it uh, again simply because of the uh, wokeness of the military of like the fucking training and the, you know, gay, trans, fuck, you know, all the other bullshit that you've got to go through or what to call people and all that other shit. Uh, and then some are like, well, there's nothing going on in the world and it would be easier. You're not deployed for anything, I guess. Uh, what's your thoughts? Um, you know, I, again, I, I, I see it as kind of like the thing I said about weight. It, it, it's all relative to, I joined, I joined pre nine 11, you know, nothing was going on. So, um, it was just something I had to do. So if, you know, if, if I was 18 right now, yeah, I, I'd join even, you know, even when I joined, I know it wasn't as, I mean, it's gotten progressively less, and I'm going to use the word hard, but it's like, you know, in the 60s, you went through basic training and your drill sergeants beat the shit out of you. Well, that that didn't happen in the 90s, you, you know what I mean? And it yeah. doesn't happen now. It's like, it's just things get progressively different. Um, would I have rather been, you know, in, a, in the military and, you know, I don't know. You know, when I went in, I, it was because I went in the nineties and you know, it was like, Oh dude, it was hard in the eighties, but probably the people in the eighties heard that it was hard in the seventies. Yeah. A little thing called Viet fucking Nam. You no, know, that's so it's true. like, you're right. It, it's always relative. It's yeah. always relative. So I just had to, it's something that I wanted to do. I had to do, and I would have done it, you know, uh, really I, in hindsight, would I change anything? No, even, Everything even, that happened to you, yeah. even leading to what happened, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything because it's, you know, it, it made me who I am and I'm, I'm happy with that. You know, it's like, I'm happy with who I am. I'm happy with, uh, all the, all the failures, all the shit that I fucked up, all everything. It's, you know, I know what I know now because I've made so many fucking mistakes and, and that's the only way to learn, you know, and, and success is a result of failure. Yeah. Uh, and I think most people don't really think of it that way. It's like they see the success, but they don't realize. Yeah, it's because I there, well, there's fucked a million, up everything. Yeah, there's a million failures behind it. And, uh, and you're right. Um, and when you're going through it, it fucking sucks. And, uh, but I will say this. Yeah, when you fail at something um, and then you take on a new gig, whatever it is, right? Like the Seltzer is a perfect example, right? Um, you learn lessons from other companies you had or built or whatever. And you're just like, all right. What made this successful? What made it fail? How do I apply it to this? And how do I keep going on? And then you know it's going to suck for you know seven or eight years. And there was a investor I had dinner with the other night who was just like, uh, it, great guy, love him, and I'm a, a huge fan of his. And uh, and I said, hey, would you like to get involved and everything else? And he goes, man, I'm going to be honest with you, man. The last company was so fucking hard to get it off the ground and everything else. And he goes, I had so many failures before that. He goes. I just want to enjoy my wife and kids and not have to worry about it anymore. And I was like, oh, fuck. Um, but he goes, dude, if you would have told me that 10, 15 years ago, yeah. no, I would have hopped right in and did the whole fucking thing and everything yeah. else. And uh, You don't know what you don't know. Right. Um, and, in, and until you have successes and failures and everything else, and this leads into what you're doing now, like, how was that conversation with the network after a guy who's not an actor uh, gets on this TV show, is producer, director, starring in it and everything else, when you call them and say, hey, dude, I am beats i've i can't do 80 jobs 
Was there a little bit of fear in you that was just like, oh, shit, what are they going to say? Are they going to get me out of this fucking job? I mean, I so I I I went to the showrunner and and uh, the the well the three executive producers. I mean, there's several, but um, the you know the ones that are there daily. And I I just told them straight up like I I'm I'm burnt out. You know, like and you know it's not like they didn't weren't aware of it at some level. You know, so um, they were very supportive and and um, you know I was just like, dude, I I, I just I, I I need to break. Yeah. And uh, so I went and did that movie. Um, and, you know, I didn't know if, um, A, I didn't know if there was going to be a season six or not. You never know. Sure. Uh, and B, if there was, you know, because uh, I left how I did, like, I, yeah, I didn't know if they would be, I didn't know if they would care to even have me back on in any capacity. So, um, and then when that, you know, it, did happen for season six you know i basically was like hey well you know i'm i'm i i would come back and you know and we just basically i i threw out what i would love to do and you know they were like you know cool yeah we'd love to have you back for you know for this and um and it worked out but they were extremely supportive uh on allowing me to have a break and i had they not i there's no way if I would have finished out season five, I don't think I would have been back for six. No shit. I do. I was just so, I was so burnt out. Yeah. Just, and, and again, it's just, um, uh, you know, it's, I've talked about on a bunch of podcasts, especially recently, just, you know, I'm fundamentally self-destructive fundamentally which also is not exactly shocking. You know, when I tell, you know, it's like when you talk about, you know, any combat arms, it's a self-destructive job. You're going, you know, in, you know, in combat that, that is fundamentally self-destructive. And so, you know, I, I'm aware that, that, that level of burnout is my own self-destructive behavior. You know, I, I probably didn't need to do as much as I did and work as hard as I did, but that's just how I, you know. But at least you're aware of it. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't yeah, know they're self-destructive and they're like, hey, dude, I can do X, Y, and Z. We were chatting about some people before the you know, mutual people that we oh, know yeah, before yeah, yeah. The, the, the show had started. A lot of people don't know it. At least you recognize it and you were able to go and say, hey, man, I've had enough and uh, I'm going to fucking die if I keep up with this, this pace. And uh, I think with you personally, um, and again, having done 3,000 fucking episodes, like the one we did in LA, dude, has stood out to me for years. And to this day, people will come up and everybody's got their favorite episodes at home. And every new listener that we acquire, uh, on average, goes back and downloads 17 episodes. So they will come up to me in the streets and be like, hey, dude, that one person, that was the fucking craziest show. And it's a lot of times it's the Tyler Gray episode. And I'm like, dude. And they ask who you are as a person, and which is always surprising to me. And I'm like, dude, that's like the best human I've ever met. And I think because of how great of a person you are in real life, especially with this, I'm sure they didn't have an issue with it. And, and they were just like, dude, we just like being around this guy because we like being around you. And so does everybody else that works with you. Cause at this point we've had five year co-stars on the show and they've all said the same really? exact story about you. Shit. Yes. I didn't know that we've had uh, so Justin's been on numerous times, obviously not shocked. Uh, we've had AJ Buckley on AJ is awesome. Uh, what a great guy. We've had uh, Neil on. 
Oh, no shit. Yes, yeah. Neil's been on, and uh, one more. Shit, sorry. Now, Judd? This will get into how many fucking episodes I've Judd? Been. I forget who it is at this point. But uh, we've got one more on, and uh, all of them have said the same things about you and the same exact story, and it's like, it hasn't changed with whoever I've met in this life. Uh-huh. Oh, Jack Osborne, too. Speaks oh, yeah. the world I mean, of you Jack, all the yeah, time. Jack's awesome. Yeah. Um, Jack's been on a, a, a bunch, and uh, uh, it's, it's who you are as a, as a person that I think connects with so many people and with that i want to ask you about one of my favorite podcasts um uh real ones john bernthal oh yeah john yeah yeah how the fuck did you do that how did you guys meet and everything else yeah um i was a fan of his as an actor and then uh he did an episode with shia labeouf i didn't even know he had a podcast and so, some other actor friends of mine had sent me this podcast yeah. and like yo did you hear this i mean thing? that's some next level the one with shia is crazy what the fuck dude i mean I mean, it's, uh, you know, and Shia is Did always, you listen to that before you went on his show? No, n- no, uh, no, I didn't. Okay. But, um, I, I don't like to know anything before I do something, yeah. like I, but, but I listened to it afterwards. And, but I've seen Shia speak, you know, years ago. He's always been. He's very smart. But, but he's always been, it, it just is what it is. Like he, he, he doesn't filter anything. <laughs> no, no, no. Anything. No. And he's always been that way. Uh, my buddy uh, uh, Kevin worked on advised uh, uh, Fury, and you know had John and Shia. But actually, so how I met John was in 2011. I want to say I worked on a movie called Snitch yeah. uh, with Dwayne Johnson yep. and, and John. And I do the we Rock. Just, you yeah, can say the Rock yeah, on the show. Yeah, we do don't you, know him as Dwayne. I don't know Dwayne. I know the Rock. I, I don't know, know the Dwayne. Rock. Yeah, and I, I smell what he's cooking. I. Actually, yeah, he... Uh, did he cook something for you? No, no, but he did... Uh, did he smell your cooking? No, I never <laughs> I never cooked. I never cooked. No, it was interesting. I mean, but it, that was 2011. It was a very different... He wasn't... I mean, he was still Dwayne fucking Johnson, The Rock. But social but like, media hadn't really rocketed the way it is now. Yeah, I mean, it was shit. It was pre-Fast Five and all sure. that stuff. So, um, but... And it was a very serious movie, that movie. But, um, but I met John, and John's just fucking cool as shit i mean he you know his podcast is called real ones and and you know i know he would say that that's because you know he has you know oh yeah i'm getting real ones on but i personally say it's because john's the real one you know it's like he is as he's just as solid as a fucking dude as they come he's as real as real gets um and i love the guy and and we just started talking then about stuff and uh he's just he's just such a great fucking dude and he's just so um he just has a weird way of like he, he's hard to describe but he, I, but he just it's, like it's, it's almost like a quiet intensity right yeah so yeah i yeah. watched the because i i watched the thing with shia right yeah. um and i didn't again i didn't even know he had a podcast or anything yeah. i just knew he was an actor yeah uh, and i watched this fucking show with and i'm just locked in and like the look in his eyes and when he's talking to you uh and then i I'd come into the studio and we usually chat about podcasts or news stories yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. before we start all this stuff and i was like yo dude anybody watch this fucking thing and, and Giorgio, who's out uh sick today as well <laughs> was like yo dude how fucking intense is that and everything else and blah 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 blah. and then dan rolls in afterwards and he goes what are you talking about i was like oh real ones or whatever and he goes oh shit tyler was just on that i was like fuck off and so listening to that as well and i was like i'm hooked i'm hooked i, lo- I love his show yeah and yeah, it's great. great and in real life 
Was he that cool? And, and yeah, how was your experience? No, he's so so. I I uh, I met him there, and then when I did the documentary that which I love destroys me, John uh, watched it, and then John ended up. So John's from DC. I mean, okay. he grew up in a rough neighborhood in DC. He was a you know amateur boxer. I mean, you know, and uh, and he ended up. You know, he's like, dude, I want to be a part of this. You know, whatever. And so he ended up basically being like hosting the event in dc when we did the uh when we, when we did the screening for like politicians and stuff in dc um and then we hung out then it, it, he's just such a down-to-earth but there's something about him that that's i i don't even know if i could describe it he just has a way of cutting through everything and then just pulling this like universal human experience connection out of you i don't know how else to explain it um but just when you when you talk when you have a conversation with him it's just he just you just feel like you're talking to someone who already knows everything Mm -hmm. but is asking you just to hear you say it i don't know it's hard to explain you know it's (laughs) it's what it felt it was what it feels like it almost feels like a therapy session in a way yeah yeah where where you're just like yo what the fuck why are these people so honest on this show yeah and and when that's the thing is he's so just you just there's there's not an ounce of bullshit in him you know when he talks to you it is a hundred percent who he is he hides absolutely nothing and every time i've you know i've seen him at different you know every time i see him i went to the punisher premiere you know and and saw him there and he's just he's just a good fucking dude i i you know and i just love the guy and it's cool to hear i I don't know him at all and uh uh, truthfully i knew him as an actor and that was it and then that show popped up and i was like god damn well and then as an actor though you watch him as an actor and you're like what the fuck you know like his his level of intensity and even if it's do you see um american gigolo i know i haven't watched that yet it's but a new series fuck what's it called uh no the, the even the uh the the baby 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 driver yeah yeah baby i mean it's got a relatively small role in that and he fucking steals the show yeah and it's just and and you know you act on camera i act on camera and you realize the the way he does it actually he even told me you know he he said because I was kind of asking him, I'm like, dude, how, how, you know, like, how do you, what's your, where are you coming up? What are the up? tricks what, of the what, trade what are, you, what are you, where are you coming up with this shit? And yeah. he basically was just saying, dude, he just, he just gets on camera and he just, he likes directors that just let him go. Just fucking go. Like, do whatever, you know, what, whatever you feel, just go with it. And he's like, he just has this innate sense of, um of how to how to be himself but completely different like he channels his own intensity into like an alternate you know character in the moment it's just again he is that what you do fuck no i have no idea what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) no i i actually i I mean on that note it's funny because originally i literally had no idea what i was doing I, i mean i would i would just deliver lines like like me you know or you know like just simple sure um and then you know over time obviously you know this but over time i started you know realizing kind of like 
oh, like, okay, there's an actual technique to this. And, you know, and then you kind of go one way and you go, oh, shit, no, that's not good. And then, you know, I've learned so much by everyone on the show, obviously. Um, But particularly, I mean, fucking AJ is a fucking animal. He's great. Dude, that guy's improv is he's fucking good like he probably he's been a great actor for a long years. a long yeah. time and uh, neil neil's a fucking great actor fantastic. you know and it's fantastic and, yeah, when he was on the show we were asking him about uh, nwa and all that shit yeah 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 uh, yeah, uh, yeah. He's, he's rad Mac, max is too good of an actor um he's not on the show now he's got his own show actually but but max is like one of those guys uh, so this is a true story max max terriot uh so early on you know i was you know like memorizing lines you know and i'm like uh hey max i think uh, it was max that was on the show what's that yeah i think it was max that was on the show oh okay yeah, he yeah, was the yeah, other yeah, yeah. Member, yeah so max i'm like uh hey max how do you uh memorize dialogue and max is like uh so um i mean you know like i look at the script and um and then i like i'll i'll read it and then I don't know. It just kind of goes into my brain, and then walks away. And, and I was like, "Cool, man. Good talk. Th- yeah, thanks, Max. That's a <laughs> that's a great trick, bud. Yeah. You're an artist. Yeah. <laughs> now he's just he's such a natural. Like he's so good that it it's like it's crazy to watch him and just all, every instinct he has. So it's I I've learned how to do. Uh, I mean, SEAL Team for me has been paid film school. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, paid film school for uh acting directing you know it's it's i've learned uh so much from it it's been an amazing experience and and you know one thing i'll say that that uh, a lot of people don't know um is dude that show employs probably and has for six seasons dude probably i don't know 50 veterans Mm -hmm. you know um and no one ever mentions that, which which is good because it's not like they're using that to, you know, it's not like CBS or Paramount Plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but uh, I I would say it's worth mentioning. You know, it's um, it's 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 really cool, and it's been a um, it's been a great not not just the employing those veterans, but also do we have two former seals in the writers' room? That's what I heard, man. Yeah. And, uh, and Bo- that's both who started as stuntmen, by the way, on, on, on the show, which is amazing. Um, yeah. because you, you can do that and you can go from this, which, uh, which, as you know, though, never happens. Ever like, happens. Name never. a, I don't think you could name a show that has taken, you know, uh, you know, two stuntmen, made them writers, taken an advisor and it is, made them a, it has never happened. Thre- yeah. I, I can tell you, it's, it's never happened. Uh, and with that, I'm sure you get hit up all the time online because you've a, you've a pretty decent social media following now and all this stuff. Um, do you get hit up all the time from other veterans who are just like, "Hey, dude, just got out. I want to get into acting. I want to get into directing. Get into producing." Because uh, I asked Rocco the same question because he's on the Mayans, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and he said, "Yeah, you know." And I'm I I do these courses and things and try to help people and whatever. But uh, I'm sure you're bombarded with it all the time. I mean, not as much as you'd think. Um... Not as much as you'd think. I, I, you have to be careful. Um, like I'll, I'll give you a story of what happened. So I met this guy. This is season two, and uh, the medic on the show, I believe it was the medic, um, brought this guy to set, 
and he was in the Navy and he had just got out and he wanted to be an actor. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey man, it's my buddy, can you help him out? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll do what I can, which as you know, dude, even, even when I'm directing an episode, I don't control the casting. Right. I'm fucking directing it. I don't control the casting. So a lot of people don't realize, you know, how, <laughs> what a process it is. But I'm like, what I, and I don't control this, but I'm like, what I can definitely do um, is, you know, uh, I'm like, I will, I will absolutely push you with the, um, the background company and I'll basically tell them to put you on and you'll get your, you'll get into SAG. Yep. I'll, I'll get you your three vouchers. Like I, I'll, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I know I have not control over that, but I can make that happen. Sure. So I did. I, I got him tied in with the background people. I'm like, you know, I want this guy, blah, blah, blah. And, and they did it for him and he got sacked. Again, I didn't know this guy. He was obviously a veteran. He got introduced to me by this other guy. That dude, I don't know, gets in SAG maybe a month later. I, I don't remember. He's still doing, you know, background work on the show. He emails the showrunner. How he got the showrunner's email, I have no idea. Emails the showrunner, tells the showrunner that he's my buddy, uh -huh. and he wants to have a meeting with him. The showrunner calls me into his office and is like, hey, man, <laughs> drops the guy's name. I don't, I don't even remember what it was, you know, John Smith. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, your buddy John Smith, like, what's the deal? And I'm like, I don't know the deal. I don't, who are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? He goes, well, this guy, and he goes through it. And then I, I literally didn't know what he was talking about. And finally, he goes, like, this guy. And then, like, I think he showed me a picture of him or something, or I looked him up or something. I'm like, oh my God, that guy? Yeah. I was like, dude, all right, here's the story with that guy. And he was like, you know, but, you know, it's yeah. Hollywood, man, dude. People do crazy shit. So it is. And that's the reason I asked is because I know Rocco gets that all the time. And, like, dude, it's probably, the top questions that, that like I'll get DMs about is like, hey, dude, I want to be an actor. It's like, all right, great. You, you know, I, you got to go to Los Angeles. That's first and foremost, right? That's where all the casting's going on, everything. And they're like, but I live in Kansas or whatever. And I'm like, awesome, man. Nobody's coming to Kansas to watch your thing and do the, the all the stuff. You got to be where your field is, where your craft is, right? No matter what that is in life. Yep. Um, if you're in the military, they will send you to Fort Bragg or a base it, or whatever. It, like, yeah. it's like being a tech person, and you're like, no, I'm going to stay here in in Missouri, Indiana. It's yeah, like, yeah. And you're just uh, like, maybe you should go to Silicon Valley, or you know, right? Um, well, actually, I'll I'll now yeah. nowadays, I wouldn't go to Los Angeles. I would go to uh, Louisiana. I'd go to Georgia. Atlanta, yeah. Wherever the tax credits are, dude. Yep. So Georgia's got a ton of filming. And, yeah. uh, and I've said that to some other friends of yeah, mine. Yeah, lo so local, local hires, dude. That's, that's I where I said there's local agents. You can local hire, and they need actors all the time. And you'll get a great film school education, essentially, yep. without having to do it, right? Yep. I went to school for it, and it's a different story. So like, I, I had already done a lot of the stuff before yep. I got to LA. Not that much on being on camera-wise was a shock, right? But... I think being an extra, uh, having I, 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 one or two lines in a movie yeah. or a TV show is, yeah. is vital. You can see everything that's going on. And if you have the drive and determination, uh, and they'll let you stay all day. It's not like you know. there's a pass after like an hour where it's like, hey, you got to go home. 
If you want to sit and shadow somebody, they'll let you do it if you're cool and just stay out of the way and everything yeah. else and watch what's going on. Yeah. And you can get your education doing one of those things. And that's a fantastic idea. I'm saying if you want to be like a fucking worldwide movie star. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because like, yeah. most of these people do. And, and it's just like, dude, there's one place to do it. And it that's it. That's kind of it. And then on the writing side, I get that all the time as well, where it's just like, hey, dude. You got to get this this book. I have this idea and it's great and it's I needed to go to this agency and I'm like, man, it's changed. Everybody wants social media numbers and all that oh, other yeah, stuff and is. I was like an agent won't even pick up the phone and and blah 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 and it's hard to describe. The other part about it too is uh with self-publishing, you can do it on your own because it's going to come down to the same shit of you getting your story out there. It's not like when's the last time you've been into a bookstore? Yeah. Well, the other thing too comes down to if you go through the process and and I understand it well now. Like, ultimately, ultimately, you're going to get to a point where there's only one, there's only one thing you're going to want, which you know, and yeah. that's creative control. Yeah. And if you're through the normal process, you will never fucking have it, ever, 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 ever. And you know, it's one of those things where you can start with creative control. And then hopefully, you know, make something out of that. But it's like, dude, I'm at the point where I'm the exact opposite, where I've been doing this for over 10 years. And now I'm like, it's like directing. Like you said, it's like, uh, you don't get final cut, mm. not even fucking close. You know? no, and, no. and it's like, it's one of those things where uh, music artists, uh, so many different things, but it's the process is the process, the agencies, it's, it's so infinitely complicated um, and, and it's, everyone tells me, you know, that it's infinitely worse than it was, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years and ago. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah. It's just, it's a nightmare. I mean, no one with the streaming and the, uh, no one knows what works now. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like no one, there's no formula anymore. And, uh, and it's very difficult Like getting something made is nearly impossible as you know. And, um, it's that being said. If it's something you love, you know, you do it. You, you and just, I'm sure people you ask you it. all the time, dude, how do I get in special forces? How do I do all this shit? And it's the same exact answer for a different yeah. profession. Yeah. Well, go to where it is, work your ass off. And then at the end of it, and hopefully it'll work out. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes it doesn't. And yeah. it's the same with Navy SEALs and all that shit. Yeah. Like, cause we'll get that all the time too of like, Hey dude, this Navy SEAL was on the show, this Navy SEAL, blah, 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 blah. You know, Rob's your friend and, and Marcus and all those guys. And then they were like, how do they do it? And I was like, I, hard work. I, I there's nothing, you know, more than that. Like you can either ring the bell or not ring the bell. And it's the same way with every job in life. And that's uh, it. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and you just made, you reminded me of something that I, I, it's, if somebody messages me, this is what I say. And, and again, it's the same, it's the same saying, whether they say I want to be a, you know, a, a Navy SEAL or, or, a, um, or in Hollywood, mm -hmm. I say, I answer the question, is it something you want to do or is it something you have to do? Yep. Because the answer to that determines on if you should do it or not. Yeah. If you want to do it, mm, I probably wouldn't do it. If you have to do it, like if it's a need, like you can't, like your life will be unfulfilled if you don't try and do this. Mm -hmm then you have a chance. And it's 100% true. Yeah. Um, and then you can't help beyond that. And it's like, hey, that's dude, yeah. I can tell you, I can point to it. It's like a compass. I can, I can give you the direction to go in. That's about it. And you can't control 
any of the shit, Hollywood, military, any of it, starting a business, a uh, company, anything like you can't control any of it. No. Uh, you try your best and you hope you know, every day when you wake you up, just, you're yeah. like, all right, fuck. You work at it every day and, and you just keep learning from the mistakes. And, and, you know, the other thing, especially about Hollywood too, is like, so I'll say, I'll say a saying that I made up. Everyone's like, uh, to you know, to you know, to you know. I hear it all the time, to you know. And that's not true. It's not. Right. It's who knows you. Yeah, yeah. Just because you know someone doesn't mean anything. No. I mean, you may know them, but if they don't really know you and they're willing to give you a chance, it doesn't fucking matter how, you know, that you know them. Right. They have to know you. Every fucking job I've gotten in Hollywood, every single one has been people calling me because they know me right? and not the other way around. You know, I mean, I, I know them obviously too, but they called me because they know or they feel that I'm going to do a good job. I'm, I'm going to you know, make them look good. And that's the whole industry. It, it's, the stakes are too high for you to bring in an unknown quantity. Mm-hmm. Way too high. I mean, obviously, especially, you know this. But, but especially now, dude, because yeah. everybody, you make a mistake on a, a TV show that bombs or a fucking movie that bombs your job they're gone executives are gone yep. so like yep. there's too much shit on the line where it's like and then living in la it's so expensive that it's like dude you can't afford to lose that job because nope. there's not one right around the corner so if you fuck up the job you might you, not you, yeah you're in a one bedroom in van nuys at that point <laughs> and it's just like dude i've seen yeah. but i've seen friends o- over a donut shop yeah right yeah right yeah. very true and well and that's the other thing too is like even let's say as a as a acting i mean obviously you know this but on a big network show you're looking at cost about a thousand dollars a minute oh, it, yeah. ish you know i mean one to two thousand depending on the show you fuck up one line one line <laughs> that's one to two thousand dollars that cost production you, you know what i mean and, yeah. and people don't realize it like dude if you you know every second i don't think people realize that you know when you do dialogue you cannot fuck up a single word like i mean rarely it happens to everyone i mean obviously don't get sure. wrong but by and large dude your shit's perfect every fucking take or you won't be doing it because every second is costing them money and and people it's like you know give me time to get into character (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's a good one no you don't you don't do that on tv no one gives a fuck like you literally they start rolling and you you're on right there and and it's you know as you know it's it it's a lot of pressure and and um you you really have to i i think the the advantage I had acting is that I never tried to be like, I didn't, I wanted to like direct and tell stories, but I, I never really, I didn't think that I would enjoy acting as much as I did. So the reason I love it so much is because I learned so much about directing. And I know you know this yeah. by being on camera. Yep. I mean, you learn a ton. I actually, every job you do, you learn about all the other jobs, but um, so I, I didn't put the pressure on myself like that like this was my make it or break it moment mm-hmm. you know i was like ah you know if i fuck it up i fuck it up you i know i know, I know that what's gonna happen in the edit yeah yeah well, i learned no, all I, the, I learned all the cheat codes by producing and, and directing because i was like oh all right 
I know I can change this and this and this. So it's like, all right, I can do this take and this take and this take and then cheat it later and oh. I, can, I can do it in post, right? Um, whereas everybody else doesn't and it makes my life easier, but everybody else is like, no, man, I want to fucking focus. It's got to be exactly perfect take every like, time. Nope. 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 It's pieces. Just pieces, pieces, little, pieces. Little tiny pieces and you're good to go. As long as I get it's three sentences, if I get the first sentence right, Eh, the other two we can loop or whatever like totally <laughs> little good. thing little thing called adr yeah totally good with that so yeah. le- it, yes you're right it, it is a lot less pressure yeah and i think yeah. the people that don't do it uh later on you know they put too much pressure on themselves and that's yeah. how they fuck it up because they don't really know what the edit's all about um and all that stuff and uh look man it's it's been a blast as always um, yeah yeah it's always cool to sit down with you especially fuck man what a difference it's been for you know four yeah, years it's, it's five got, years at this point it's, like, got, it's got to be 2017 it I might be so 17 or 18 yeah i probably 17 it more, might more be likely. dude and it's like dude look at your life now versus then and uh last time i, I chatted with you here no idea any of this shit was gonna happen i mean you no no uh, i was in a very different place mentally at that you, time yeah you yeah, were yeah. not that it was bad um, oh no it was bad uh, well, I, shit, I no, didn't I know mean, when I she just, got home, but, you know. No, no, I mean, I just was, um, I, I just, in hindsight, I had a lot of stuff to figure out, you know, um, that I, about two years ago, I, I had kind of a, uh, just a, well, it was, it was after being burned out, essentially, mm-hmm. I kind of just had to uh, reset and I did, I did like, I went to Warrior's Heart um i have no problem saying that no but, shit yeah i went to warrior's heart which obviously <laughs> you know about yeah um i was there for you know i did the whole 42 days and uh it was great i mean i just spent 42 days focusing on myself which i would never do like, is that why you're so shredded now uh no dude i'm shredded now because i just haven't uh i haven't been able to work out been traveling but um well, I'm just. I'm, I saw you on Instagram I'm the other skinny. day in the gym, and I was like, "Motherfucker, oh, no, dude, how yeah. how are you doing this, dude?" No, I just. Uh, well, it's because I have no kids. So that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, so that, true, that's dude. The short answer, but um, no, man, I and I focused on you know just working on myself. I mean, if a person put a gun to my head, I wouldn't have taken off 42 days to to just work on my own shit. And uh, it honestly changed my life, and and it's been a lot better since then. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, now's the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who's inspired you Ooh, or helped you become the person you are today. I have. I uh, I will say Jack Osborne. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Jack actually is the one that that. Uh, well, t- got me there to make it short, but um, man, Jack's just uh, he's an unbelievably good dude. Um, great human and, uh, a great friend of mine. And dude, he's just never, he's always been there for me. Um, you know, no matter, no matter what. And, uh, he's just, I mean, you, you spent time with him. He's just an unbelievably genuine person that is him and his family are so nice. You almost can't believe it where you're like, all right, is there something else going on here? Because you guys are the nicest fucking people of all time. I don't, no, no, I don't get it. Yeah, Sharon. Like, I mean, Oz, Sharon, Jack, uh, uh, yeah. Ozzy's bananas, but he's great. Ozzy, like, his sister, <laughs> yeah, uh, Kelly, Kelly, uh, Kelly's yeah. fucking rat. Like, yeah, yeah, they're just cool people. And yeah. they all, when he was on a few months ago, um, I, I told the audience, I was like, uh, they all travel together because they yeah. were on the last tour and they were, uh, you know, all together and all that shit. And I was, I mean, it's shocking. What a close knit family they yeah, are. They're 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 family and and. Uh, um, 
but yeah, he's just, you know, I mean, again, they're a family, but you know, they're normal, but kind of the situation isn't normal, but uh, Jack is just such a, just such a solid, um, just a great fucking dude. And uh, I really appreciate his friendship and uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that I know him. Yeah. Same. I'm glad that I know you. Thank you, sir. Uh, every time you come on, it's it's amazing. And oh, thanks. It was you're just... you're one of these people in life that you just root for all the time, uh, no matter oh. what, because of of how great of a human you are. And uh, I'm. It's been amazing to see your success. It is so rare, and I don't think people understand how difficult it is to do what you've done and get to where you are. I mean, fuck, dude. Even people have been in just actors had no military. Like, all, just trying to do that. On a six seasons directing, producing all the shit you do, I mean, you fucking did it, man. It's 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 hard. It is. It is, and, and it just comes down to you know you just have to be. the The reason I did it is, and, and you know this is, is because I love it. Yep. You know, and and if you love something enough, um, and you're sincere enough about wanting to do it, then, and if you keep working, eventually, someone's gonna you know, give you an opportunity. And I mean, think of it this way, CBS studios, I had never even directed a short. Right, right, right. Nothing. <laughs> and they gave me a $5 million budget for, you know, or whatever Which it was. Gnarly, you know? dude. But you know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's pretty shocking um, that it happened. And, and that's just a testament to, um, you know, I, I had great people that, that were willing to take a risk and, and, and I appreciate it. And, um, and the reason they took that risk is you got to be there, you know? Last question before you get out of here. Yeah. Uh, any plans one day to direct a feature? Um, because I think with all the, the tech work you've done in all these military movies, I mean, it seems, it seems like the next logical step that you would direct a huge military movie and you would be the guy. Um, anything like that in your future? Um, good question. Uh, the, the short answer is um, yes, but... It, I have a script um, that that um, a guy and I wrote, and it's it's not action; it's a drama, and it's veteran based. There's a couple active people in it, but um, yeah, it's my goal to 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 produce and direct that. Okay, yeah, and it's um, I'll tell you about it off camera. I'll sign an I, NDA. That's fine. I think I think you'll like it, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a story I've wanted to tell. I mean, you know how long stuff. I mean, uh, it's I've, forever. It's been forever. optioned before, yeah. and COVID killed the option. Yeah. But yeah, the, there's absolutely plans, and I'm I'm just trying to going back to what I said earlier. I I, I want to do it in a way where I have creative control, so that I do it right, mm-hmm. because I don't want it to get muddled and and you know what i mean and, sure. and try and be something that it was never supposed to be and i want it to be uh something that that veterans and active duty can watch and and really uh it'll mean something awesome awesome well thanks for being here uh if you haven't seen seal team on paramount plus do yourself a favor and go binge it now uh, all six seasons are available uh and go to itunes rate the show our show a five star and leave a quick review that's all the advertisers care about. You know that I've been saying this for years, okay? <laughs> we get to 10,000 reviews. I'll just shut the fuck up about it and move on with my what, life. What are you at right now? Oh, God. I don't even check that much. I'll get... what. Well, here's what'll happen. Swear to God. I'll get these fucking emails from uh, an advertising agency. And they're like, hey, 
You could get more, you know, sponsors and advertisers if you jack up the ratings. I was like, what are we at now? They're like 6,000 something, whatever. And I was like, all right, great. What's the fucking magic number? And they're like 10. If you have 10,000 reviews, it'd really? be great. And I was like, all right, man, I'll try. But it's like, I don't review anything in real life. Like me, me personally, yeah. I just, if I like something, I'll be like, all right, great. And if I like a person, uh, I will literally just DM them and, and be like, hey, and whether or not they get back to me or not, I'll just say, hey, I think you were great in this or whatever it was. Different fields, sports, fucking entertainment, whatever it is, right? Most of the time, a lot of people will get back to me like, holy shit, dude, thanks for the, the note or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't leave a review on things because it typically I got to download the app and all the other shit. Yeah, yeah. But with the podcast, you're listening to it on this app. So you're either listening to it on iTunes or Spotify. So it's like, motherfucker, you're there already, dude. Just press you're, the thing. You're there. You're there, dude. Go to, like Spotify. <laughs> it's just a five star. Just click the goddamn click button. Click the star. And then move on with your fucking life. You're yes. good. Allow, allow Ross <laughs> to move on. Allow him to move on. Just think of it this way. The faster you do it, he'll stop saying it. The richer I get, okay, the less fucks I will care. I mean, it'll get to a level of insanity at a certain point where it's, it's just It's not like, there right. already. I, well, I thought, oh, you know you what are, it is? So we do about three or four shows a day. The one you just missed. So we're hiring midgets. Uh, for a Christmas show. We're doing uh, a Christmas of, show. Uh, of course. Yes. And so I can say midgets now because everybody's like, oh, little people. Dan kept saying LPs, LPs, no, no, little people. There's, there's a difference. I know that for sure. There's like a difference between little people and midgets. Glad, glad you brought that up. Yeah, so yeah. that's what he said. Um, yeah. However, when I typed it in, it was austinmidgets.com and that was the name of the web. I was like, motherfucker, it is. And we got the guy on the phone live on air and I said, hey, dude. I'm interested in getting some for some uh, some elves or whatever, and he goes, "Oh man, it's we're this is Christmas season." He's like, uh, oh, he's, "We're booked." He goes, "These mi-, he goes these midgets are all booked out," you know. And, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and it said live on air. I'm like, "Okay, cool, cool." It, it's funny because I was just at an event. I'll, I'll say this real quick. I was just at this charity event, and they had midgets dressed as elves, yeah. and, and I was with somebody, and they were like, "Oh man, that's." It's kind of sad, and I and, and and I was like, and and I was like, no, it's not sad. Like they're they're working right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, uh, dude. So these text messages, they're, they're are, working. Like they're 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 making money. If you, you know? can see my phone light up, so this is no lie. We right the show before uh, I, I yeah. did with you. Um, we were on the phone with them, and like the, the guy keeps texting me photos. So like I got or like my, casting photos. Swear basically. to God. Yeah, and so um. I'll show because you're probably like, dude, there's no way this is fucking real life for you. And it's like, oh, yeah, dude. I mean, I'm just getting endless midget pics <laughs> over and over and over again of like, in, and I was in, like, hey, in dude, Christmas uh, attire. They're all the in Christmas attire. Yeah, Look, yeah. I'll, they're in I'll costume. hold it up for camera. I'm yeah, sure you can they're see in it. Costume. Yeah, they're in costume with a giant bear, and I'm sure you can see it. So it's like, hey, dude, um, I saw the first 25 pictures you sent. I didn't need another 40 to try to get me to do it, but they're well, expensive. Y- you got to get the right elf look, you know, You apparently. do, but it's expensive. So like, dude, they're seven fifty an hour is what they're, yes, that's a fucking, I, that I'll put, so we're talking about acting and all this shit today on Netflix. If you were to guest star for one day on stranger things, right? Just one, you had maybe, I don't know, 10 lines. Let's say on stranger uh, things for one day, you're getting a thousand dollars. Yeah. Thousand ninety two sag sag daily. Correct. Yeah. So 
these midgets to come and dress up at the studio yeah. are getting 250 less and their agents aren't taking shit. Like, yeah. it's cash. That's yeah, straight they're, cash, they're, homie. They're balling. So yeah. if you're saying you could be on Stranger Things or be a midget in our Christmas special, you're making the same money right now. So let's yeah. kind of pump the brakes here on what you're judging me for. All right? Yeah. It's good, it's good money. <laughs> yes. It's good money. It's good We're money. employing people. It's, so. it's, it's nothing is offensive if you're paid well enough. Correct. That's what I say. <laughs> shit. You, You've, if somebody wanted me to be a clan member and the money was right and be like, all right, cool. You want to wear the fucking hood? Like, let's go. <laughs> all right. I mean, let's go. Right. Um, fucking who cares? It's cash though, right? It's cash. Like it's no, cash, right? No, no checks. If I, yeah. oh, by in a movie, by the way, not in real life, I'm not going to show up at a clan. I probably should have clarified that. Yeah, but you're, you're. I didn't know. I didn't mean to go Kanye there. No, I mean, in a, in a movie. If I was doing a movie and they were like, you're a clamor. All right, great. Let's put on the fucking hood. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's what we're doing. So I get to call him back. The only problem was he goes, man, these, he goes, these midgets are booking out real hard for Christmas. That's our busiest season. And I was like, holy shit. Once I thought about it, I was like, yeah, of right. course. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 absolutely. Everybody no, I, wants an elf around the house. I've always thought that you were always at zero fucks. And so the only place for you really to go is negative fuck territory. Oh, there, there's another You're going to get into negative fucks. There's another level, man, that I'd love to go to. And I know it. I know where it is. Yeah. Where shit, man. Um, fuck. You know what? Let, let, I can tell them where that's at. Where? It's at 10,000 fucking reviews. <laughs> that's where the fuck it is. <laughs> it's, it's after that's the, where it is. It's after the seltzer sells <laughs> and then, then it, we're done. Like, I mean, shit. There was some... Because we do... And they're thinking about moving it over. There was these dark episodes I was doing on Patreon called Ross Patterson Uncert, right? Which is, um, I said at birth, I didn't have a choice in my circumcision. So I want to put that extra inch of skin back on my dick, right? And relive my life. So that's why it's called Uncert, right? So I'm not circumcised anymore. And all, it's just, it's just me. And it's just going off for like an hour straight, right? About crazy shit. Well, one was about murdering people right mm -hmm. i'd always wanted to fucking murder um just because i want to see what it's if you can get away with it and whatever and like my hatred towards people uh especially like cyclists like it wouldn't really bother me that's fair right that's as fair. i'm sure there's guys you've killed where you're just like oh they were terrible people that like deserve ter that. terrible i i had the only i used to do the go ruck thing and the only person i ever blew up on ever was a cyclist <laughs> I fucking lost my shit on this guy. <laughs> I did like a hundred events and I, dude, I was like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Like it was, I will say right now it was unprofessional, but dude, I had had enough. Like I had had enough. Oh, yeah. Man. I talked about su suffocating this guy with a fucking subway bag, um, but eating the sandwich in front of him before I did it. And like, so things got a little off the rails there. And, and, uh, and I was like, I don't think I can put this out in the public. Then I was like, this will get fucking nuked. And there, there was a, an advertiser that called me this agency and they're like, Hey dude, we can just dynamically insert these ads. And like, I don't think anybody's going to fucking care. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'll release it. <laughs> maybe you should listen. Because, I know. Yeah. Cause on Patreon, people will tune in. They'll be like, yo, what the fuck? And I'm like, it's behind a paywall. So I don't, there's no yeah, yeah, repercussions. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, you know. So that's the level that I can get to where it's just like, oh, yeah, there is there. Because um, we've done, you know, obviously episode 100, that was the show where uh, two strangers 
who had never met before, uh, fucked live on air. Um, and that was two and a half hours, and we did an Airbnb, and we did all that, and that was um, crazy, right? Uh, we did a live show at a strip club called Bucks Wild in Houston, mm-hmm. and one of our listeners actually had sex with one of the strippers in front of us in the VIP room, and, uh, and that was amazing. Yeah, sounds um, like good times. Yeah, 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 but you, there's still another... We could really ramp shit up where it's just like, all right, nobody really cares about this fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, just get really just up the deviancy, uh, deviancy like yeah turn the knob oh 100 percent, dude yeah. where you're just like all right cool let's get this motherfucker on and see what this is like like just how- watch every howard stern and then just go all right well how do i do this times 10 well so he, the great 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 point like oj simpsons but like we we called oj dude and i was like man can we get away with having oj on the fucking show we got close i mean it was it was razor thin and finally they you, go you, you know what you should do if you really want to hook it what's that uh, buy a piece of his memorabilia. Got it. It's right behind you. Oh well, shit. The, right in front I, of you. you. Okay. Well, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta make sure he knows. He know? does. <laughs> he knows. So he knows all the things, right? But the the one stipulation is, uh, he goes, uh, "Hey, dude, you can't ask about the murders." And I was like, "I mean, I can't not have you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like having a porn star on and not asking them about fucking. I'm, I'm like, that, at some point." It's gonna come up, and uh, and it was a no go at that point. But um, shit, I it's almost like we've been off the air, but we're we're still on. We're definitely oh, shit. live. Yeah, oh, we, uh, we'll shut this down right. right now, guys. This yeah. has gotten wild, dude. I apologize. Shutting uh, it down on OJ. I know we're gonna we're gonna shut this down, but <laughs> there's some times where you're just having a bro moment. We're just like, are we still fucking filming? Yeah, we are. Um, we'll get out of here. <laughs> I said the iTunes bit and the fucking reviews. We're good to go. Tyler Gray, one hey, of the best in the biz. Thanks for having me, guys. Congrats on all your success. We same, appreciate same. you being here on Drinking Bros Podcast. Uh, and thank all you guys at home. Uh, if you want to go to hardafseltzer.com today and order some 8% right to your house and get erect uh, uh, for the holidays, that would help the company as well. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Good night. How's it going, guys?